morning. Um, I want to say before I forget, thank you, Mrs. Wilkerson, for having me. And when she first called me and asked me, I said, do you know who you're on the phone with? <laughs> and if no one is helped by anything that I've taught yesterday or today, and this might sound selfish to say this, but I can't tell you how grateful I am for the invitation, Mrs. Wilkerson, because in the months leading up to this, my mistakes have been so magnified in my mind. And it has been, um, it's been bittersweet because although there has been a tremendous trial leading up to this in my mind, God has been so good to teach me lessons all along the way. And he's showing me how to fear him instead of fearing man and how to crave his praise and approval over craving the praise and approval of men. And so I'm very grateful for that lesson learned, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. You have made me feel loved, accepted, and secure in Christ, and that's a gift, and I appreciate it very much. So today, um, it's, well, I just have to say this. It's, you know, we ended on Ms., Mrs. Bushy shared the lesson about walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And, um, and then the ladies shared the lessons about their mothers, which was very sweet. And it's always just amazing to see how the Lord is working behind the scenes and how he works all things together. But um, I received a message. You know, we're here today. It's like a little respite, a little haven. But the world is still going on outside of these walls. Um, my husband messaged me this morning, and my daughter has a cough. You know, motherhood and home life is waiting for me when I get home tonight, and I'm anxious to see my family. But I received a message from a pastor's wife friend across town, and um, they had a family in their church that was murdered last night. And so they're walking through that valley right now. I know that God will use it for his glory because he's just so good and he knows how to take broken things and use them for his purpose and for his will. But we do live in an evil world and it's so important that we come to things like this so that we can be filled because there's people out there that need us to pour ourselves out for them. But remember that you can be filled every day in the quiet of your home. You know, these conferences are once a year, and perhaps you maybe go once a lifetime. But you can be filled every day in the secret place in your home that you meet with Christ. And so my lesson today is just that. It seems very basic as I even introduce it, but it's just about the importance of walking with God and your relationship with him. We all have that thing, that person, um, perhaps the job, the loss, the pressure, the season of life that is proving too difficult, something that we wish to leave behind. Um, I referred to it yesterday, that outward circumstance that is just, you just wish you could shirk it. You wish you could throw it off. The something or the someone that leaves us feeling weak. But what do we know about weakness in the life of a Christian? 
I'm reminded in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the Bible says, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. This is so counterculture to the world that we live in. To actually be grateful for the reproaches and the persecution and the weakness that we feel in our heart because it's in that weakness that I realize how much I need Christ. And that's something that I have found in my own heart, friends, is that I only truly walk with the Lord when I know how much I need him. My lesson today began as a baby shower lesson from my friend Beth that's sitting down here. I think your little girl's like six years old right now, isn't she? And so these were some thoughts I had gotten asked to speak at my friend's um, baby shower six years ago. And these were some thoughts that I had put together. At the time, I was a much newer mom. And um, it, became, it became a confession of my heart to say this. I never, I truly believe that I never began to walk with God until I became a mom. Now, I, I mean, I went to college here. I, I did the schedules, I, I read the words, um, I say I spent so-called time in prayer, but I truly believe that I didn't know the depth of my relationship with Christ until the Lord gave me children. And so my lesson today is this, it's confessions of a hopeful mom. And I hope that in listening, to, listening today, you might be encouraged. If you're a mom, you'll relate in many ways. But what is that one thing in your life? Even if you're not a mom, you have something in your life, something that um, is proving difficult, and you find yourself lacking in many ways in this area, I promise you that it could be that very thing that God wants to use you, to draw you to himself. And you'll look back, and you'll begin to thank him for that thing, because it's in that thing that you began to know your Savior. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for being my strong tower for being my, my righteousness and my redeemer, Lord. I praise you, God, that you are merciful and gracious. I praise you, Lord, that you are the refuge in times of trouble. I praise you, Lord, that you are my shepherd and that you do walk with us through the valley of the shadow of death, Lord, and we have no reason to fear evil. Lord, I praise you that one day you will wipe away all tears and you will make all things new, Lord. And I praise you, Lord, that nothing in our life is done in vain if it's done for you and for your glory. I pray, God, that our hearts would be drawn close to you. I pray that someone who might be discouraged in her time with you, Lord, or feeling like it's too complicated or she's just unable to do it, Lord, I pray that she would be encouraged today and that she would draw close to you, Lord, please. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's talk about motherhood for a minute. If you've got that in your mind, kick your shoes off, you've got that coffee mug in your hand. We're sitting on my couch, and if we were doing that, we could swap stories about motherhood, I'm sure. Pregnancy and childbirth. Every mom has a story about their child giving birth or being pregnant. We could swap stories about that. What about, um, and here's something that I found, that motherhood is not for the faint of heart. The nurse, I remember when I had my first child, she said, now, when the baby sleeps, you sleep. And I love that advice. That was so great. Well, then I had a second child. And then she told me when 
The baby sleeps, you sleep. And I said, well, what about when that baby's asleep, but this baby's awake? I can't do that anymore. And then we had a third and a fourth, and by the time we had our fourth, that, that advice was far out the window, and that didn't work anymore. Um, what about physical care? When they were babies, I remember thinking that bath time was like a trip to the water park. I would go in and think, like, what is this? But then the other day, my um, he's... He's nine now. He just had a birthday. He said, Mom, I'm going to go take a bath. I said, okay. I see him traipsing through the kitchen. He's got this tote bag full of army guys and toys. And I said, you're headed where? He said, to the bath. I said, okay, let's scale it back a little bit here because he was ready to have a time in the bath. Um, Now that my boys are getting older too, it's not only did you take a bath, but it's did you use soap? And then we have to start going through all the parts of the body. Did you wash here? Did you wash there? And all of those things. Um, Potty training. I mean this with all my heart. I give God the glory for letting me potty train my children more than graduating from college. It has been a different experience with every single one of them, and that has been tough. Um, Discipline. Oh, there are hard seasons of discipline. I was telling my friend this morning, you know, I'm so grateful that they do not go through these hard seasons all at the same time. God is so gracious. But there are hard seasons of discipline and training. Um, what about training? It's such What a responsibility we have to not only teach what is wrong, but to teach what is right. I remember one of my children coming to me one day and saying, Mommy, your heart is black. God sees everything you do. I thought, oh. <laughs> they become these little truth tellers, you know? Um, I love my kids, but sometimes they gross me out. There are some things that I have said as a mother that I never thought I would say. I remember we bought a new home in the fall, this last October. I had a friend over, and so I was showing her around. And we came around the corner, and we have a fireplace in the center of our living room, dining area. And I looked, and I said, I think that's a booger. (laughs) And so I couldn't, you know, you see things, and you think, is that what I think it is? And you just, I never thought I would say some of these things. I love my kids so much. And I don't, I hope I don't misconvey myself. I love them so much. But there are hard days and sometimes I dislike them. There are days, <laughs> I didn't necessarily mean that to be funny, I, but, but I, dis, I do. I dislike them in the same way. But here's, here we're going to be serious for a second. I dislike them, but I dislike them in the same way that I dislike myself when motherhood proves to be really hard. Motherhood is not for the faint of heart, nor for those without a sense of humor. I've learned to laugh at myself and my kids. But I'm learning that most of all, motherhood is not for the proud Christian, the woman who doesn't realize how much she needs Jesus. Motherhood, apart from being a pastor's wife, has proven to be the greatest tool of sanctification in my life, and I'm grateful for it. I have learned that motherhood does not fix me, or does not fit me when I am not fixed on Christ. Since becoming a mother 11 years ago when we had our first son, I found that my children bring out the worst in me, but in all honesty, they only reveal what was already in my heart. When I'm walking in the flesh while trying to raise my children, my life looks like this. I'm selfish, depressed, worried, quick-tempered, unkind, stingy, faithless, and I have strength out of control and greedy. This life lived in the flesh makes for a very weary mama. And I do have two children that call me mama. They're the ones that are growing up in the South. (laughs) When I'm not fixed on Christ, I want to run away and hide. And some moms do, including myself. But take heart, fellow mom, because there is hope. 
And here's the truth that I just really want to drive home today is that we must be filled, whether you're a mom or not. Remember that one thing that might be pressing on your heart and your mind. But we must be filled from the Lord every day in order to be poured out for others. A few months ago, um, I began volunteering at our local Coweta County Pregnancy Center. It's something that I've wanted to do for a long time, and it just wasn't the right season of life to be able to do this, but now it is. And the Lord said yes, my husband said yes, and so I've begun training at this center as a client advocate. And I'm just in the training right now, but all that I'm learning, we were recently um, there for a training, and a lady came and spoke to us about adoption so that we could... um, when the women come to the center, we're supposed to be able to clearly tell them what all of their options would would be, which would be um, abortion, choosing parents, adoption, choosing two parents. And so we have to learn about these options. And I'm gonna sound naive because I was, but the lady came and I was so taken back because she said, um, well, let me say this too first. When I first went to work at the pregnancy center, I kind of imagined it being mostly young girls and teenagers that came in. But I was quickly shown that most of the women that come to the center um, and are looking to usually to abort the baby, they already have children. And it's usually that um, they can't afford another child or the stress of it is too much. And usually the women, or it's an unplanned pregnancy, they don't have children, but usually the women are like in their mid-20s and older. And so they're not the super young that you would imagine. But the lady came from the adoption center and she told us and she said how they've seen a rise in recent years of women coming to the adoption center with children. I say, I don't know how to say it, whether you would say as young or as old, but taught with toddler children, wanting to put them up for adoption. And I was just, I raised my hand and I said, is that legal? I just, I guess, again, I was just naive. I, I know sometimes children are taken out of the home and put into foster care or, you know, mothers give birth and they put their babies up for adoption. But she said, no, they, they had a woman come recently with her toddler and she said, I just can't do it. And she, um, she was, she had a job, she had an apartment, she was needing no government assistance and none of those things, but she was just overwhelmed. And thankfully, this adoption agency is a Christian adoption agency, and they were able to share hope with her and encourage her, and and she chose not to do that. But the reason why I am so grateful to get to be a part of this center that I'm going to be volunteering at is that with each woman that we meet with, and some of the women that come know the Lord, and they're excited about the pregnancy, and they just need that pregnancy test so they can go get health insurance that they need. But with each woman, we get to share and we get to talk with them about their walk with the Lord and about their spiritual life. And we get to share the gospel with them. And they do see people saved. And so I'm excited about this opportunity because, friends, as a born-again Christian woman and a mother, I have hard days as a mom and days when I think, I just don't know if I can do this, if I'm equipped to do this. But I have Christ and I have hope. And I overcome and I wake up and his mercies are new every morning and he gives me strength for the day. But there's so many women in this world that don't have that hope and that don't have that strength and that hope and that reliance. They don't have Jesus in them to get them through and to equip them. And so I encourage you, I know probably most every one of you are a sister in Christ and you know Christ. I encourage you, 
in this lesson to know the Lord and to know how to go to him daily in order to be filled and to be poured out for these women because they need you to be able to point them to your Savior and say there is hope in Christ. But if you don't have a thriving relationship with Christ, you're not going to be that strong woman that can say, I have a Savior who can get you through that. Romans 15, 4 says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. That is the theme Bible verse for our podcast. And it's that way because we have Scriptures, stories all throughout Scripture that are full of hope and point us to Christ. And my goal in the podcast and sharing stories of women and their testimonies is that we always are pointed back to Christ and to his word. My prayer today is that my testimony will allow you to say something like this. What? You too? I thought I was the only one. A place where C.S. Lewis once said that friendship is born and that you can be encouraged. Satan so often wants to isolate us and make us feel that we're the only one, but it's not true. The most important thing that I hope you'll see is that God is using that something in your life, perhaps it's not motherhood, but that something in your life to draw you to himself and that you'll allow your something to turn you to true hope found in Christ and his word. So I encourage you, first of all, friends, when you want to run away and hide, run to the Lord. I have learned that only he can be what I need to fill the empty, dry places in my heart and my mind. God's, I have found that God's intention in my life is to use my children to draw me to himself. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Motherhood can sometimes feel like a burden in my life, but I found that when I get into the burden that Christ has called me to, and I carry that yoke with Christ, that there are so many gifts to be received in that yoke. Psalm 32, 7 says that he is my hiding place. Christ is my hiding place, not target. Proverbs 18, 10 says that he is my strong tower, not my coffee. I, um, I've only recently begun to enjoy a cup of coffee every day, and my mom has always given me a hard time and said, how can you have four kids and not drink coffee every day or all the time? Um, but I think I just like my creamer more than my coffee. In my, that's, in all honesty, what it is. But I want us to be careful, friends, because I think we can be really quick to judge the world. There's a, a whole mantra and a theme in our culture today of I just, something like, I just need a little wine time, like alcohol. And mothers, um, there's just, I, I see it on t-shirts and on cups and all over the place about, you know, I, I can mommy as long as I have me and my, my glass of wine. And we can be quick to judge that. But we need to be careful and look at our own hearts but, because what's the difference between, now we, we would say, well, I don't drink alcohol, but what's the difference between that and just saying, well, um, oh, what's the saying? I need a, a whole lot of Jesus and a little bit of coffee. Now, I'm not judging you if you have that in your house or even at your church, okay? It's a cute saying. But truly, ladies, all I need is Jesus. I don't need that cup of coffee. And I don't ever want my children to think that I have to have a substance or um, a trip to the mall or anything in order to have strength to parent them. I want them to know that all I need is Jesus to parent them. He is my strong tower. Um, Matthew eleven twenty eight. he is my burden bearer, not my close friends. And I love friends. I host the Friend to Friend podcast. I love friendships. But 
My friends are down here, and I have learned that it's Christ that I have to go to. He is my burden bearer. Do I want to escape? Yes. Sometimes, often, I find myself there to wander at Target or maybe head to the day spa or go on vacation, but I have to remember that these only bring temporary pleasure. They are only a temporary escape. There are gifts to be received in rest and relaxation, enjoyment and coffee and friends, but these are figuratively decor on the walls of my home. They cannot be the foundation on which I build. Psalm 55:22 says, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. He is my sustainer, not my temporal crutch. Eternal promises, truth from God's word and his presence bring lasting peace and fill me so that I can be poured out for my family. When motherhood brings out the worst of my heart and my weakness is revealed, I am learning to allow weakness and weariness to call me to my savior and not to lesser gods. We have to be so careful, friends, to not let the overwhelm and the weariness of motherhood or the weariness of whatever that one thing is that you're carrying to pull you to lesser gods because it's your savior, it's your shepherd calling you saying, come to me, come to me, I can sustain you, I can fill you. But Satan wants to get us distracted and he wants us to pull us to all the things that won't fulfill us. So first, when you want to run away and hide, run to the Lord. And then secondly, pray in secret with the door open. I read that in a book once, and I loved that. Pray in secret with the door open. Because being a mom means that I may never be alone again, at least in time, an empty nester. I feel like there's like some uncanny connection between a few things. Me getting on the phone, going to the bathroom, and, um, oh, of course, what we're talking about. When I open my Bible. There's like, there's just like a connection from my Bible opening to my children's ears. And that time I start and it's like, Mama, I'm like, are you kidding me? It's 5.30 in the morning. What are you doing out of bed? I couldn't get you up at 5.30 in the morning if I came in your room with a trumpet. But you heard me open my Bible, or you heard me go to the bathroom and lock the door, or you heard me pick up the phone and they are right there. And so I'm learning to pray in secret with the door open. Motherhood makes walking with God more important in my life than ever before. I must guard my heart from the delusion that I am in control and I am all able. Knowing I lack complete control and ability drives me to prayer. And motherhood, more than anything, has shown me my need for prayer. Pursuing God should be our number one priority, which requires me to pursue God creatively and with flexibility. I have, ha I have had to learn. I think in, in our minds sometimes we get this idealistic view of what our prayer time will be. We picture like a pretty candle burning and our beautiful, beautiful coffee mug of a toffee nut latte or a cinnamon dolce latte. And we picture our beautiful Bible and all of our highlighters and our notebook and our stickers and a blanket. And I mean, are you with me? It sounds beautiful. But how often does that happen? Not too much, not too much. Now, does that mean we give up on it? No, absolutely not. And we should pursue holy secrecy with all of our heart. I, I purposefully, with all of my heart and with my body, having to just go for it because I have, I have a child that, has, that struggles to sleep and she's, she's up. She'll get up in the morning and she'll say, Mama, I'm sorry, I'm just a bad sleeper. And I'll say, I know, we'll get through it. 
But still, the Lord has told me in recent years, just go for it. Stop making excuses and just go for it. And so I pursue getting up in the morning very early. And God is good. And now it's like this internal alarm clock. And my husband said, that is so weird. And it's like, just like clockwork at a certain time, very early in the morning. I mean, it's just there. I am wide awake. And I'll lay there and I think, maybe I could go back a little bit longer. And the Holy Spirit says to me, just go for it. Just go for it. Just do it. Just go for it. And so I do. I pursue getting up very early. And when I don't hear that knock on the door, the Lord and I have quiet time early in the morning because there's no distractions. And I'm so grateful for it. And although I have a thousand reasons to say I'm too tired as a mom to get up that early, it's always worth my time to get up that early. Now, I always pursue that holy time in the morning, but I always have, always have to have a backup plan because there's usually that knock on the door. And so I have a plan A, a plan C, a plan D, a plan E, a plan F, and all the way down to Z of how I'm going to walk with God that day when my plans start getting chopped because of certain little people in my house. Um, use a Bible reading plan. I would encourage you. Um, sometimes we have a temptation to only read scripture that, we'll, that we are familiar with or that makes sense to us. But friends, we end up missing out on so much scripture because we just stay stuck in one spot. And so I would encourage you to use a Bible reading plan. Um, one of the ladies, I think yesterday mentioned it, but I have it here, use an audio Bible. So when you're, in, you're interrupted or your time is short or you've been up all night with a kid who's sick and you just can't get out of bed, plan, okay, today while I'm doing the dishes, I'm gonna listen to the audio Bible. You have to get creative and be flexible. Seize idle moments for walking with God. And something that has helped me so much, sometimes in idle moments, my mind is so distracted, is that I get scripture and I pray scripture. Because sometimes I feel like, God, I don't even know the thoughts that are going in my head right now. But I know that your word is true, and I know that your word is right. And so I'm going to take your word, and I'm just going to talk to you about it and your word. And it, it helps my mind. Um, Psalm 103.14 says, Like as a father, father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. I love that because so often we feel like if I can't have my beautiful, perfect, idealistic time with God, then he must not be into it. If it looks messy and it's a little bit off kilter and it's not super early, it's smack dab in the middle of the day and it's, it's messy and my kids are here and there, then he must not be into that. But that's not true. That's, that's the, the lie of Satan. I read this once and I love this in front of a, a favorite book of mine about moms. It says, God's grace says, come to me messy. Come when you're tired. Let the children lie on top of you. You do not have to be perfect. Just come to me and let them see. I remember one time I had not gotten to have my prayer time that day, and so I told my boys, okay, guys, you got 30 minutes for the video games. Have at it. And they were like, woohoo! So they ran out their video games, and Mama's, I'm going to be in my room. Well, I was in my room. I was on my face. I was praying, and one of my boys came in, and he peeked around the corner. I think I can imagine what he thought. What is Mom doing on the floor in her room? And I just told him, I said, but I'm praying. I'll be back in just a minute. And I thought, I, not that we should, you know, we're, we're warned about going out and praying in public in order so that we can be praised. But in the quietness of our home, we need to pray in secret with the door open to let your children, it's okay when they walk in on you praying. And it's okay when you just have to say, okay, guys, we just need a minute here. And and you get that Bible open and all the mess and they see you and they see you go to God's word because that's what's going to make a difference in their heart and their minds. 
As a mom, I believe our children will be our greatest call to discipleship. How wonderful that our spiritual lives could be the backdrop to their childhoods. Give them scripture. We should so be filled with scripture so that it can pour out in our children's lives. One of my children have a, a legitimate fear of dogs. It's something that I pray about, and I, I don't know how to equip him with it because I can't relate to that, but it is, it's intense and it's real. And um, so often when I know we're going into a situation where there's going to be that, I'll give him practical things and, you know, you're with mommy, daddy, we're going to do this. But I thought, you know what, that's not working. We're going to go straight to God's word. And so I'll often tell him, my, one of my most favorite verses is Psalm 27, 1. And I'll say, bud, you need to remember, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Um, another one is Isaiah 41, 10. Fear thou not. Be not dismayed, for I am with thee. I am by God. I will strengthen thee. I think I messed that up a little bit, but fear thou not. Um, my little girl, she has red hair, which was a fun surprise. But that red hair likes to show itself sometimes. And unlike the world, I do not want my little girl, we're not going to grow up and be cute and think, oh, I'm so sassy. That's so fun. Um, and so often I will pray with her and I'll say, honey, I said, let's pray today before we get our day started. She's four. And I'll say, we need to pray that the law of kindness would rule our mouth today. Let's pray that wisdom would come out of our mouth. And I pray that with her. Because, ladies, I love to read. And as much as I want to read every parenting book and motherhood book, I know the only true impact it's going to have on the life of my children, although those things can give me tools, is scripture. And so when all of those things are pushed aside, I have to say to my children, I have confidence in God's word. And so I can share that with them and it strengthens them. May it never be said that our children succeeded in spite of us, but that they were strengthened by Jesus in us and our faithfulness with God. We have to let God grow us through our children. For me, my children, for you, it's that something. Motherhood has been a great tool of sanctification in my life. And just as plants in the sun are nourished and grow, as our weaknesses propel us toward Christ, we are grown in his presence. You don't want to miss out on the growth that happens when you spend time in his word and in his presence. My children have been great fertilizer for the fruit of his spirit in my life. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. When I first became a mom, I'm ashamed to say it, but I never realized what an angry person that I was. I, there was this anger that came out of we, me when this little child that was supposed to, he's, you know, he's a toddler. He's, I don't know why I had this preconceived notion that he was just going to be like a robot that did everything I told him to do, which is the antithesis of what a toddler is. But motherhood revealed in me very quickly anger that was in my heart. Um, I was quick to lose my temper and yell or, or tempted to discipline and anger. And God met me in his word, and he showed me, he, he showed me that sin in my heart. And James 1.19 became just a verse that I clung to. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. I'm so grateful that early on in my mothering, I learned that my testimony as a mom, I did not want it to be that mom was angry all the time. And God used this verse to quiet my voice, to quiet my heart and my temperament, and to learn to train and to discipline and guide my children in love. 
Love is another fruit that has grown in my life. The definition of love, I love this, the willing sacrificial giving of oneself for the benefit of another without the thought of return. So many days my flesh would love an applause at the end of the day. Just a, just a nice little mom. That was an awesome supper. <laughs> I can relate to your son being so picky. I have one of those too. We could get them together. Um, you know, my flesh would love that applause or the pat on the back. But when I love my family like Christ loves me, my motives stay in check and I love and do for them because of whose I am instead of who I am. What fruit of the Spirit is God looking to grow in, in you and through you, through that something, that hard thing, that burden in your life? I promise you, if you take it to the Lord, He will use that hard thing and He will grow His fruit in your, in your life. Motherhood is about we not me. And I had to learn that early on. And so is Christianity. We are put in churches, in a church community for a purpose and for a reason. There are so many one another's of the Bible. Galatians 5 says, let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. I had to learn very early on that motherhood is not a competition, and neither is the Christian life. It is so, so easy, especially with social media. And that's one thing I so appreciated the advice that was, that was given yesterday. Um, I would say about a year ago is when I decided to delete that app off of my phone. And it is life-changing, ladies. You don't realize how easily you slip into the mode of just looking at it aimlessly. You know, you check yourself at the break. All of a sudden, you're just like, oh, you've got, you're standing in line in the bathroom and you're just, I'm always amazed at the airport. I like to people watch. And so I was watching people this weekend, and I was amazed. It seemed like to me every single person had their phone, and they're just scrolling aimlessly, aimlessly in their own little world, in their own little cocoon. And it does that. Social media makes it so hard or so easy to compare ourselves one to another. But that's not, motherhood is not a competition, and neither is the Christian life. Satan loves to convince us that we are the only ones struggling. He compares us to the better mom, the one we think, or the better Christian, and we don't ask for help for fear of, well, what will she think of me? I'm the only one struggling with this. But that, those are anti-Bible thoughts because all I have to do is look at the cross, and that is my equalizer. I know how sinful you are because Jesus had to die for you just like he had to die for me. And so when I look at the cross, then I can look at my sister in Christ and say, I need help. I am having a hard time, and I am comforted, and I am helped. But it's Satan who likes to drive that wedge of envy and jealousy and comparison, and he keeps us isolated, and we don't get the help that we need that comes from confessing our faults one to another so we can pray for each other. Second Corinthians said, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. My story is for you. Your story is for me. 
and in the context of our local churches, so important the advice they gave about gathering together in your local church because God has equipped you with talents and abilities that he wants to use to encourage the body of Christ. And we do that in sharing our stories with one another. The lessons that I've learned, the lessons that you've learned, that those are the things that should draw us close together as sisters in Christ. Instead of judging your sister in Christ, we should or pulling back from them when you feel fearful of what they'll think, we should be drawing close to each other and asking for the help. Ask for spiritual help, ask older mothers for advice, and pray for one another that we would mother our children well. Ask for physical help. We can't always expect it to just land in our laps. If you're having a hard time, ask for it. Um, ask someone, hey, would you come over and watch my kids for an hour so that I can go in the bedroom and read my Bible? I guarantee you there are empty nesters in your church that would be glad to do that. Swap babysitting with another mom. Say, hey, I will watch your kids for an hour. You go walk with God. You watch mine. You do that. Or perhaps you just need a break. Say, hey, I'm just going to go enjoy myself and have lunch by myself or have a date with my husband. Get creative in asking for that physical help and what you need. If you choose to play the martyr, you are guaranteed to suffer. But ultimately, your children and your husband will suffer too. And what ends up happening is that our testimony for Christ is overshadowed by our suffering, and it becomes all about us. Let the family of God lift you up in prayer, friendship, and for moms, I have to say this, free babysitting. Offer that. In conclusion, when days are hard and you feel the pull to check out and pull back, remember this, that motherhood or your something is a gift to provoke your devotion to God, not to prevent it. Whatever is challenging and stretching you right now, God wants to use it for your help. Keep pursuing God with flexibility and creativity. And just as we are gracious toward our children as they grow, so our Heavenly Father is toward us, his children. He remembereth that we are dust. Isaiah 40 in verse 11 was a Bible verse shared by um, a very godly lady in our church in Roanoke at one of my first baby showers, and I think she shared it at a couple baby showers, but it says this, he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. I needed that verse more than I knew when she first shared that verse with me. I remember her sharing that verse and thinking, I had no idea that verse was in the Bible. And I always love when someone shares a verse that I've never heard, and I think, wow, what a treasure and a gift that was. And that has become the foundation of my motherhood, knowing that as hard as motherhood can be sometimes, that I have a gentle shepherd who sees me with my little lambs. And so in order for me to shepherd my children well, I have to to know my good shepherd, and he's willing to lead me and to teach me. There is hope. It is ours for the taking. Romans 15, 4, I'll say it again. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. And whatever hard season you're facing tonight, friend, or today, don't allow the enemy to distract you from the true source of hope. Cling to your hope found in Christ and be equipped to share it with others.